Hi, welcome to my podcast, where today I'll talk about Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. My name is Tim Harner. I am a Christian author and apologist, a graduate of Houghton College and of Harvard Law School, where I was an editor of the Harvard Law Review. As an attorney, my primary role has been as a general counsel. Therefore, I call the six books that I've written the General Counsel Series. The first four books of the series outline the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, providing scriptural backing for the final installments of the series that outline the history of America and the history of the Church Universal. I post my latest thoughts regularly on my website, timharner.com. For this podcast, please reflect on the questions. Would you have been courageous enough to follow Jesus to Jerusalem, even though some of the people there had recently tried to stone you? If you had been Mary or Martha, would you have been disappointed in Jesus and maybe even have been mad at Jesus for waiting so long to come after he heard that their brother Lazarus was sick? What events make Jesus and you be deeply moved in spirit and troubled? What events make Jesus and you weep? Which of your hopes and dreams do you want Jesus to resurrect? And now, as I talk about Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead, let's pray that the Lord will let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in the sight of the Lord our God, who is our strength and our Redeemer. Today's thoughts are based on the chapter, Jesus Raises Lazarus from the Dead, in my book, Hoping in the Lord. We do not usually think about Jesus having good friends, but he did. Among his best friends were the family of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. They were siblings who lived in Bethany, a town less than two miles from Jerusalem. Since this was a reasonably short walk to Jerusalem and its temple, Jesus apparently stayed in Bethany quite often. We met Mary and Martha in a previous chapter. While Jesus was a guest at Martha's house, Martha complained that Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet listening to him instead of helping her with all the housework. Jesus replied, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. The Gospel of John tells us that Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when Lazarus became gravely ill, the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. Nevertheless, Jesus waited several days before setting out to see Lazarus. His disciples probably assumed that Jesus was afraid to go near Jerusalem, even to see his sick friend, Lazarus. Because when Jesus told his disciples that they were going to Bethany, they objected on the ground that it was too dangerous. They said, but Rabbi, the Jews tried to stone you, and yet you are going back there? Jesus refused to be intimidated by such fears. He told the disciples, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? A man who walks by day will not stumble. 
Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Now the disciples really must have doubted the wisdom of returning to Bethany. Perhaps it was worth running such risks if Lazarus still lived. Then they could visit him, and Jesus could heal him. But what was the point of risking death to see somebody who was already dead? Despite such doubts, Thomas, who later became famous as Doubting Thomas, because at first he doubted that Jesus had risen from the dead, encouraged the disciples to follow Jesus with this gloomy comment, Let us also go, that we may die with him. It is to the credit of the disciples that they continued following Jesus despite the dangers that they faced. We often criticize the disciples for deserting Jesus when he was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. But how many of us would have had the courage and faithfulness to follow him that long? Would we have had the faith of a doubting Thomas? When we recognize the perils into which Jesus is leading us, and when we doubt the wisdom of what Jesus is asking us to do, do we still have the courage and faithfulness to say, Let us also go, that we may die with him? Burdened by such gloomy, discouraging thoughts, Jesus and the disciples arrived at Bethany. By then, Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. This scene must have depressed everyone even more. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Martha greeted Jesus with words that expressed her frustration at his late arrival, and maybe carried an implied rebuke. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Perhaps something in Jesus' eyes gave her hope, however. Perhaps she realized that it is never too late for Jesus to come and help us. Because she added, But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus gave her hope. He said, Your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. I suspect that in her tone of voice, there was an unspoken plea for Jesus to do more than tell her to wait for the last day to see her brother again. Why else would she have told Jesus that she knew that even now God will give you whatever you ask? Jesus responded with this astounding claim, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. With this brief reply expressing her faith in Jesus, Martha became far more than a busy housekeeper distracted by worry. Her brother's death had taught her just how trivial such matters were. Now, like Mary, she chose what was better, and it would not be taken away from her. It could not be taken away from her, because Jesus is Lord. In the face of death, Martha latched onto the face of Jesus, 
she told him, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. She told Mary that Jesus was asking for her. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Many of the people who were comforting Mary followed her. They assumed that she was going to the tomb to mourn. So there were many witnesses to what happened next. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet. And when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Jesus asked, Where have you laid him? When they answered, Come and see, Lord, Jesus could not hold back his tears. Jesus wept. And so we come to another picture that tells us more about who God is, what God is like, and how God wants us to live than volumes of books about religion or hundreds of pages of my writings. Jesus comes to us when things go wrong. Jesus comforts us in our grief and despair. Jesus weeps with us. In the same way, we should come to people when things go wrong in their lives. We should comfort them in their grief and despair. We should weep with them. Those who saw Jesus weeping said, See how he loved him. But some of them complained. Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Who has not felt a similar frustration in the face of death? On the one hand, we sense God's love in the ways he comforts us. But on the other hand, we feel frustration and even anger that God didn't stop this terrible thing from happening. Fortunately, Mary and Martha did not have to wait long to see how God used this tragedy to bring a triumph. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. At this scene of ultimate despair, Jesus brought hope. He said, Take away the stone. Martha started worrying. Ever the compulsive housekeeper, she worried about the bad smell from the decaying body. She objected. But Lord, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Jesus needed to remind Martha of her earlier confidence that he was the Messiah and that God would do whatever he asked. Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? We often need similar reminders. In the face of the tombs of despair in our lives, we forget who Jesus is. We forget our confidence that God can do anything. At such moments, we need to be reminded that we can always find hope in the Lord. Despite the foolishness of Jesus' request and the likelihood that there would be a bad odor, they took away the stone. I'm sure that none of them had enough faith really to believe that Jesus was about to raise Lazarus from the dead. Fortunately, they didn't need that much faith. All they needed was enough faith to do what Jesus asked them to do. Take the stone away from the tomb. 
Jesus did the rest. Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Imagine the look on Mary and Martha's tear-streaked faces as they looked at the tomb to see if Jesus could raise their brother from the dead. They didn't have to wait long. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. As their tears of sorrow turned into tears of joy, Jesus thought of Lazarus. How typical of Jesus. If I had just raised someone from the dead, I'd be distracted by thinking about how great I was. I'd probably start making a speech about how great I was. But not Jesus. Jesus always thought about helping others instead of about helping himself. That was why Jesus was the one who realized that Lazarus still was not totally freed from the shackles of death. He was still wrapped in strips of linen with a cloth around his face. Instead of boasting, Jesus quickly thought about how to make Lazarus comfortable. He said, take off the grave clothes and let him go. That is how Jesus restores hope to us. He doesn't merely take care of the big things, such as calling forth our dead dreams from the tombs where they've been buried. He takes care of the little details, such as the grave clothes that bind our movements and blind our sight. Because Jesus is the resurrection and the life, even though we've never seen him resurrect someone from the dead, we can be certain that he will always resurrect our hopes and dreams from the tombs where they've been buried. Jesus won't merely weep with us in our despair. Jesus will bring hope back to our lives in the midst of our despair. And Jesus will give us life after death, calling each of us by name as he reunites us with those we love. I hope you enjoyed this podcast today. If you did, please share it with a friend and find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as on my website, timharner.com. My book, Hoping in the Lord, contains citations to sources, including the scriptures. Until we are together again, may the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face to shine upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord turn his face toward us and give us peace.